Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, we talk about the idea of accountability and sticking together. Sometimes it's just easier to leave. So this one's called The One About When People Leave. We hope you'll just sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. I'm, I had an experience yesterday that I really have been anxious to tell you about. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, so apparently there's this new thing um, in Oklahoma City. I'm sure it's down there near you somewhere, but it's like a sensory deprivation. You float in salt water. Have you ever heard of this thing? No. Well, I so, mean, I've heard yeah. of it, but I've not heard of it as a like a, a a thing for the masses. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's like going to a spa almost, but they have these pods. And, and so my wife was very <laughs> kind. On, on September the 17th, I always remember this day, the day I proposed to my wife, it had been 25 years, and so she gives me this, a new mug to drink my coffee out of at home, and she gives me this free one-hour float session. And she's like, you know, you're all into silence and meditation. I thought this would just be right up your alley. Okay. And so... Had you heard of this before she gave you this gift? Yes, I had. Okay. And I heard other people really liked it. So I go in, I get the appointment. I went yesterday afternoon. I thought late Monday, it's a good day to just take some time and relax and float away. Let all my troubles float away. Calgon, take me away. Yeah, it was, yeah. So I get in there and so you get in this pod and I won't give you all the gory details, but basically you're in there just floating in the water and it's like being in the Dead Sea. And eventually when you go in, there's like a glowing light in the pod and you can shut the lid on yourself. Now it's pretty spacious. I mean, it's not like as small as like a tanning <laughs> okay. bed. It's got like a dome. So, you know, there's probably a good two feet above you. But I got in there and I started floating and then all the lights go off. Okay. Like every one of them. <laughs> so it's pitch black. It is the blackest black I've experienced <laughs> in my life. It's like as black as as the soul of the most horrible person you can <laughs> imagine. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I'm trying to relax. Well, first of all, I guess I wasn't really letting my body kind of go limp. So I'm my neck starts hurting because I guess I'm holding my head up. <laughs> but they give you earplugs, so you're supposed to just let your you know head like float in the water. Mm-hmm. And I float in my pool all the time. Right. I like this right. is not a hard thing for me. Right. But I usually look up and there's the sky and bright light, <laughs> sure, you know. Sure. But I get in there and my neck starts hurting. I feel my heart start racing. 
I start to have a panic attack <laughs> in this float tank. I'm I'm nervous and, and you, I'm not even in there. So I was just like, this is my wife paid for me to be relaxed. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm gonna do here. So so thankfully, like if you pop open the if you pop open the chamber, like the lights come on again, and I'm right. like, whew, Whew, okay, all right. So, but now I'm like ten minutes into an hour, and so <laughs> I decide I'm gonna try this again, and I'm going to like I'm gonna just lay here with the lights on, leave the top open, maybe that way I won't freak out so much. Sure, sure. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of, I guess I was kind of airheaded about this, but. I'm laying there and the lights go off again. And I'm like, are these people watching me? How do they know to turn the lights off? Like <laughs> I realized later the lights were on a sensor and sure. a timer. Sure. So, so when I moved to open the thing, uh-huh. but it, I was thinking it was connected to the thing being open. Right, so I right. was like the lid. So when the lid was open, I was like, the lights shouldn't go off. But apparently if you don't move, then the lights go off. Okay. So it gets pitch black again. And I lay there for a little while longer and i'm doing okay i mean there was enough with that thing open there was enough light just coming in under the door that you could just barely even see the outline of the top of the of the pod so you weren't a little bit different you weren't able to hear all of the crime going on in the city like daredevil no i was not okay i was not or it wasn't like i didn't go um to the upside down like on stranger things because they put her in yeah you didn't go to the upside down no No, i didn't do any of that stuff which would have been way cooler than what actually happened (laughs) but it was like every time you put your head down in the water then the speakers were like coming out through the water almost you could hear the music and it was the same loop like it was not a long enough loop it it felt like you were just hearing the same thing like over and over. Yeah. And so finally, I think finally, you know, I get up and I, I just sit in the thing. <laughs> I decided I'm just going to sit up for a second <laughs> because I started freaking out again. And and I'm just sitting there in this sensory deprivation t- chamber, like doing some meditation, <laughs> prayer, like quiet, dark. Because I'm like, this is this will be better for me than yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and then after I calmed down a little bit, I tried it one more time. And I think I was finally able to relax just a hair. Mm-hmm. But finally, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm done. I This is not me. Like, I tried it. <laughs> it was a good, good effort. Good old college try. And I get out and I think, I bet it's only been 25 or 30 minutes. Because you know how time goes really slow. Sure, like sure. This. But it was actually 52 minutes. So I was only like eight minutes from actually, actually being done. So I think it. I actually relaxed a little bit towards the end. I will not be paying to do that again, though. <laughs> That's I can I promise you. I can that. have a panic attack in my own bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I don't, need, I don't need your help. Thank you very much. I should have known because I have this thing about me when I go to like plays and stuff and when I feel trapped, mm-hmm. like if I'm going to disrupt the whole audience to get out or <laughs> if I'm stuck in the middle. Like anytime I feel trapped, I start to freak out. Yeah. And I've, I've oh, yeah. learned a little bit, like if I chew gum. Yeah, or, do something, something else. Like yeah, take your mind yeah. off of it. I don't even it's do well. Better. Like we've been working out. Shelly and I have been working out. And we get up at 530 and we go to this Camp Gladiator thing. And uh, this really nice, yeah. this really nice we lady. We got some Camp Gladiator around here. She, even. she, you know, she says all these really hateful things in this really sweet voice, say, you know. Um, this nice lady yeah, that yells at me that, at five in yeah, the morning. tells me, all right, run. Run this. That is not my definition of nice. It's just, no. Well, she's so sweet about it. And I tell her, you say the most hateful things with such a smile on your face. 
how do you do this? But she, um, you know, I don't even do well whenever we get home and I'm all sweaty and I try to take the shirt off and I feel trapped inside the shirt. I, fr- oh, I freak out a little bit just doing yeah. that. So I can't even imagine, you know, yeah. uh, being, was it the water? That freaked you out? Because, I mean, you know... I think it was the absolute pitch black <laughs> while floating in water. There were all kinds of thoughts going through my mind. Like, how do you swallow while you're laying on your... Like, will I choke and die? Like, it was just like everything what within if, me was trying to get out of it. What if I forget to breathe? What, what? What, if my, what if my standard responses, my body's, you know, automated yeah. things... Just shut down. What if my heart stops beating right here in this? I decided pool. I did not want to go to space. If this is <laughs> if supposed this to is like prepare you for space or whatever, uh, I that is one thing, and I'm like this anyway. I can feel my. I have a really hard heartbeat, mm-hmm. like, and I can feel my heartbeat if I get really still, yeah. like especially some sometimes, and with it racing. Like at one point, that's all I could really <laughs> feel was like, was it like, how, like Teen Wolf when he's like, dribbling doom, the ball. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dad, gum I have a heart attack in here and drown. So so what you're saying is And Paul's solitude. like, Happy anniversary. <laughs> solitude is difficult. Yeah, I don't mind solitude when I can see things. So you I don't mind being alone. But you require some kind of stimuli besides I don't like the complete darkness. Okay. I just, even ha- I close my eyes when I pray in silence, mm-hmm. but there's still like light. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like there's still light that gets through. So yeah. Um, so then my wife was like, "I am so sorry. That was an epic fail." And I was like, "No, it wasn't. Like I expected to love it. I was excited all day that I was going to get to do this thing, <laughs> and I really thought it would be really cool to me. Uh, but the neck hurting and and the like." I just could never relax. I never was able to relax, which was kind of the whole point of the thing. So she took me out to Razoo's. It opened just yesterday. We didn't even know there was one. We're driving around like, oh, I love Razoo's. I got my crawfish etouffee and uh, some boudin balls, which (laughs) were very good. Yeah. Although they sound disgusting. Um, It's not like calf rice. It's it's something else. It's like rice. It's a rice sausage that's made into a ball and then deep fried. Then they fry it. Yeah, Yeah, you've had boudin. Oh, I we lived with them in orange. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so so I ended up. She ended up taking me out for a nice dinner, which was very relaxing, actually. Good to be out with my wife alone and and have some crawfish etouffee. But um, yeah, the the actual thing that was supposed to relax me was. Uh, it was it fell a little short, but mostly sure. because I'm I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> it well, wasn't the fault of yeah. the deprivation tank or the water. I don't know what to think about the. What was the temperature of the water such that you acclimated? It was quickly? nice and warm. Oh yeah, yeah it's your, it's like ninety eight, like your body oh, okay. temperature. Yeah. So yeah, it's supposed to just. I, I think you're supposed to feel like, you know, like like floating almost, but like uh, I guess you are. That's what you're doing, but. But it was like the pressure from the water was more than I thought it would be. Like I, I could never just like feel like I was floating away. It was it was almost like it kind of hurt like yeah. my neck and my back and stuff. <laughs> I'd be afraid I'd fall asleep and wake up underwater. You know? Well, yeah, the salt 
I, I'm a scientist enough to know that that was not going to happen. Well, I understand that it's not going to happen, but the demons that exist in the utter blackness would drag well, me to the depths of shale. Oh, there man. <laughs> it's weird. It is really weird to have utter blackness. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just in there quoting, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. I mean, we just... Were like, you really have, quoting yeah, scripture should, while you were in there? No, I'm just okay. kidding. I... I I probably needed to. Yeah, that might have helped. Uh, that might have helped. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, no, so lo, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age, <laughs> and when it's pitch black and you're floating for relaxation. Yes. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm. I. I think I enjoy stimuli. Yeah. Uh, well, I think you should go now, and then we should get a report. I, okay. Back. I need to try this thing. <laughs> I told Paul. I was like, "You try it." So I need and to go pay like, to have a panic attack. Yeah. In a space tube with some salt water in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a weird short loop of annoying music. Yeah. No, I yeah. Don't know. No, it was too short. I was like, this music is going nowhere. It just feels like I'm stuck in like yeah. some kind of groundhog. Yeah. No, I didn't know people did this and it wouldn't occur to me to do that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I had heard about it and I thought I'd really like that. Now they do have an open tank and I don't know if they leave the lights on. If they did that, I'd probably get into it, maybe. See, so if I'm they did a thing, it, what if they could do a thing like Luke Skywalker? You know, he was in that tube and they shocked him. And yeah. he, would, he would, you know, go up and down and he wore a mask, you know, that yeah, that might be fun. I don't know about that. I don't think that I want like. to be underwater either. No, I, but, I don't either. I don't yeah, like this, any of this. None of what you've said <laughs> here makes me feel relaxed Or you could just go sit in Epsom salts, because what you float in is Epsom salt. You can just go sit in Epsom salts. Uh-huh. And Paul is like, I'm not going to pay somebody else to take a bath. I can buy Epsom salts for my house. This is this is what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm not it's a 20-minute you know. bath. Of course, right? it took Shelly a long time to get me to go do a workout where we paid somebody to yell instructions at us. Hey, I still don't do that. And, and I do my workouts at home while I watch Netflix. <laughs> See, well, I, I just I stop. I can stay motivated. I just stop and watch Netflix. So I don't work out unless I have somebody yelling at me, apparently. So I have to yeah. pay somebody to yell at me so I won't just eat, get fat, and die. You know. Accountability is good. Yeah. yeah so. Which segue <laughs> we were going to talk about. We were going to talk about when people leave the church oh, today. Yeah. And sometimes uh, they do. And I would say probably accountability is one of those reasons why people want to get the heck out of there. <laughs> sure. I think, you know, I've discovered lately that I, I think a lot about accountability. And when I, when I hear accountability, my first twitch is to think somebody telling me what to do or holding my feet to the fire. Um, it's not in me to think of accountability as encouragement. It's in me to think about accountability as discipline or being disciplined, you know. That's probably true because that's how we use the term in our in our language. I mean, we say you have an accountability partner, you go to an accountability group, and generally that means they keep your feet to the fire. Yeah, yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It's kind of you know our view on discipleship has always has been for so long to teach somebody the precepts and the uh, the rules of what it means to be a Christian. And follow yeah, Jesus. Give them and a lot so, of facts. So our our you know so our, our our mentality on discipleship has been that way, and so our mentality on accountability has to be that way, uh, which is unfortunate because uh, it totally leaves out uh, you know celebration 
and encouragement. Um, yes. And even when we try celebration and encouragement, we have a hard time with it because sometimes we feel like we are celebrating less a lesser thing because we're so tied to productivity within within that framework. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking about this just this Sunday about people leaving. And, and I think the big thing there, besides accountability, not not necessarily wanting accountability, is the the idea that we live in a consumerist society. And so, sure. you know, you you don't have to stick with people. If if the pastor says something that bothers you, then you can go down the street to the next church. Or if somebody hurts your feelings and uh, rather than do what Jesus kind of called us to do, which is that kind of accountability, reconciliation, um, going to the other person and, and then coming and offer you, offering your gift, as Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we're able to just leave. And I think our, our kind of social media, it, it kind of encourages that because we can just mute block, you know, mm-hmm. any person that we don't really agree with or any person we have any kind of beef with. Sure. And so, yeah, I, I think when when that exists, when the ability we have 16 churches in a three mile radius of my church, when, and that's that's just in three miles. <laughs> and so when that kind of saturation happens, um, the need for sticking it out with a group of people and being accountable to one another in the good and in the bad and the ugly, um, it's you know, we can easily say, well, I just go down the road Then I don't have to deal with this. Yeah, um, variety in, is the spice of life, you know, but uh, in this case, variety uh, means that uh, I don't actually have to do real life. Um, I, can, I can get a taste of a lot of different things and never experience the real thing. Um, because, uh, you know, community, sometimes we think, I, I need people who will listen to me, uh, but I don't really want to listen to them. Um, right. I, as long as they don't push back. Yeah, yeah. Or say something I don't right. like. Right. <laughs> I want. I want. We, we all want to be surrounded by yes men. Um, but right. we would all and say women. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Is there a yes woman? I didn't know the, that. Uh, no, I was just that's teasing. Not a phrase. The expression but is yes man. Yes man. So you know, we all want that. We all want a bunch of people who would agree with us. You're supposed to be my friend. You're supposed to right. just be mad about the things I'm mad about. But then we would all confess. That our best friends are the ones who don't put up with our crap, who who yeah. say, "No, that's not right. I don't think you can have that attitude." You know, uh, I, I lost thirty five pounds this year because you called me fat. <laughs> you can't. Thank why you. are you blaming that on me? I'm not. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're the only person that would say that would say <laughs> everybody else was thinking it. <laughs> Wow, Nate's put on a lot of weight. He used to be the skinny guy. That's exactly what you said to me. You used to be the skinny one out of all us. Now you're fat like the rest of us. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember it. And I remember thinking... And at the time, I got mad, but well, really, I think you were the first person to be a friend to me. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't trying to be hateful or anything. I was just... It, we were just goofing around, and I said it, and then I, I thought, I probably shouldn't have said that, but... But that's a perfect illustration yeah. of your point, that... <laughs> We just want people to tell us what we want to hear. Sure. I want Shelly to tell me, you know, that was the best sermon I've ever heard, you know, on Sunday afternoon. But, uh, right. you know. But maybe not Monday. But then, you know, by Wednesday, you know, this Doug Samples used to say this. He'd say, by Wednesday, I'm ready to hear the truth. Because, yeah. because I'm not even thinking about that sermon anymore. I'm on to the next one. 
but yeah, and I do think you're right. I think the nature and, and the nature of our social media, the nature of our, our culture right now is that we want to be surrounded with people who agree with us. Sure. And and any kind of pushback is almost seen as like evil, you know? Like oh, yeah. if there's anybody yeah. who disagrees with us. Did you see the clip that Ellen Ellen just came out today with? Um, apparently people were getting mad because she was sitting next to George W. at the Cowboys football game. Oh, yeah? And she was like, um, I think you should be kind to everybody, even if you don't agree with them. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, preach it, Ellen. Come on, Ellen. That's yeah, right. Because yeah. because people were giving her backlash because she would sit by George W. Bush, that conservative, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and Ellen is, isn't anything from conservative, right? So yeah. um, so it was, it was interesting. Yeah. And it's been like, it started going viral today, sure. just her saying... Well, when I say you should be kind to people, I mean like everybody, right? Yeah. So. Well, there. Yeah, yeah she she forgave someone who made a homophobic comment a while back and got and got a lot of pushback from it too. But she was like, "No, I think forgiveness is supposed to beat out, you know, everything else." And she, you know, she. I, I appreciate her her vantage point, and I appreciate her courage, and in. Uh, yeah, you know, in offering forgiveness to someone who nobody wanted for, to forgive, which is interesting because we just had the you know the the police officer who uh, murdered the man uh, yeah. in, in his own apartment. She thought he was in her apartment, but she was in his apartment, and she shot him. Or uh, however that went down, and then her brother or his brother, the yeah. the, the murdered man's brother, uh, then forgave her. Um, and in a, in a very heartfelt way and in Jesus name, it was, uh, it was yeah. interesting, you know, cause he, he took some flack for that. How can you forgive that? Uh, yeah. And know. then there, you know, I, I was, and then the social media storm begins and it's like, well, we should be more upset about sentencing and we should be. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you're not in that man's shoes. And the fact that he actually did what he did, if anybody had the right to be upset, I, I spoke about this on Sunday, if anybody had the right to be mad, angry, vengeful, hateful, it was this man. Yeah. And if you can't just stand on holy ground and appreciate that the kingdom of God has come among you, yeah, like, like then you missed the point, you yeah. know? But, but we always have to spin it. We have to, and it's that same thing. It's our echo chamber. We go back to the echo chamber of like, um, well, I got to make sure that my message is out there regardless of what just happened. Sure. When my interns watched this, I showed it to them, that video, because some of them said they hadn't seen it. We were just talking about events of the week. And there were like tears coming down people's face in the library. I mean, it was like this holy moment. Mm -hmm. And and even since then, I I get frustrated because everybody's got to spin it. Everybody's got it, got their take on it. And I'm like, the one person who had a chance to speak spoke yeah and it looked a lot like jesus can we not just appreciate that yeah like people are saying well he hasn't really forgiven her he just thinks he has because forgiveness takes a lot of time and effort and i'm like sure do we still even believe that all things are possible with god yeah. i mean you know <laughs> yeah well like is that even still in our scripture yeah i mean and if we're honest about forgiveness you know uh it's really hard for us as human beings to forget um, so, right. our, so our forgiveness isn't like God's forgiveness in that he forgives and he forgets, he puts it behind us. That, that's a level of maturity and holiness that, uh, 
that we hope to ascribe to, but I mean, right. I, I can't imagine reaching that anytime soon because I'm still so very far away from it. I, uh, right. you know, I'm, I get angry. I get angry at hurt and pain and the people who cause it. Um, whether, you know, what, when it's at, when it's to me, when I'm the one who's hurt, it takes me a long time to get over that. But, um, it doesn't always take me a long time to decide that I need to forgive them. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, and speaking of leaving, a lot of leaving happens because of unforgiveness. Sure it does. Sure it does. Right. People, uh, and we don't know how to forgive. And then, and then we get up in arms with one another instead of being a good friend and saying, no, I think what would be best for you if, is for you to move to a place of forgiveness. We just get up in arms with them and say, no, you've been wronged and you should hold the grudge and you should seek revenge. There used to be kind of a thing among pastors that if somebody came to your church angry, that your first response was always to say, um, before you come to my church, why don't you go settle matters with your pastor? Because it's obvious you're angry with that pastor. Uh, I don't know if that still exists as much anymore, but I think sure that's a good practice. Sure it does. Because I had a couple come visit me one time and and they were just visiting from a local church and and it was pretty obvious that they were upset with their pastor and I sent them back and they never came back to my church. And, and I would take that as a win, like because um, they obviously found a way to settle their differences. I hope so. Uh, as far as I know, they're still with that church they were at. And um, and so I think us as leaders pushing people towards reconciliation and not just what will help or benefit me um, as a pastor, you know, that's a big thing, but you're talking, you were, we were talking about before we came on there and you were talking a little bit more like another kind of leaving, just like kind of taking your own journey and you called it like the, the Michael Gunger factor or something like that. <laughs> is yeah. that legal for me? To I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. You know, um, I've had a lot of, and he's not the only one, no, there's no, other, other podcasters there's... and stuff that are encouraging this so. Yeah, there's there's kind of a crisis of faith uh, movement. Um, it's almost like everybody's got to have their own crisis of faith right now. Um, right. And, yeah. And we have to have you know existential dilemma every moment of every day, uh, so that we can call ourselves intellectual, um, which really yeah, you, really might be to... more emotional than it is intellectual. But right. God forbid we <laughs> confess that. Um, the in order to move forward, you have to leave something. Like you have to leave. That's sure. kind of the narrative sure. I've heard. If it, and, and what it is, is it's a false legalism or it's the opposite end of legalism because there's a, 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 hip, a hypocrisy to that as well. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a young man tell me one time uh, this church split wide open and he had come to, to know the Lord um, in this church and he, he brought his family, his young family was there and... Um, and some and people began to fight over this issue, and some left and some stayed. And I asked, and he left, and I went to him and I said, you know, it breaks my heart to see that you and your family are not a part of the church anymore. Um, I wasn't a part of this church; it was just a situation that I was familiar with, and uh, and I knew him. He, we had been friends for a long time, and so I just said, it just breaks my heart that you're not going anymore. And he said, well, Michael, nobody did the right thing. 
the people who left didn't do the right thing, and the people who stayed and remained in power didn't do the right thing. Nobody did the right thing. Uh, there was no move toward reconciliation, and so it makes it hard for me to believe in the gospel because there was no evidence of that transformation. There was no evidence of that uh, uh, of that move toward forgiveness and reconciliation that that the whole gospel is about. So um, I'm just really struggling, you know. And and so there's this uh, there's this legalism that takes place when I have to leave something because it's not perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. You know, the church the church you know in deconstructionism we go well the church is not that what the church is supposed to be so I can't be a part of it. Oh, really? So you're just gonna abandon? the one vehicle that Christ gave us, you know, yeah. you can't, you can't do that. We have to stick with it and we have to, uh, you know, when it's time to fight it out, I guess this is, we have to fight it out. But, you know, uh, there's that phrase that says the Christ in you wouldn't argue with the Christ in me. And you and right. I had a conversation about that this week. And that's a, that's a phrase that I struggle with because obviously the Christ in me struggles with the Christ in someone else. There, there seems to be something about uh, the the necessity of the struggle. I mean, Israel's name is the one who contends with God, not the one who right. rolls over for God. You know. Uh, yeah, and I I think some of that's mainly on like things that aren't essential. The Christ in you won't argue with the Christ in me. When I was preaching this week, I was actually talking about this, which is interesting that you brought it up. Um, I was my thing was like. Um, I wonder if there's going to be separate rooms in heaven for the people who try to avoid us, you know, after they've left your church. It's like, uh, are, are we all going to have separate rooms? Like, um, because we can't seem to deal with each other How, here. But yeah. I think that's that's one of the... So so I would agree with you. There's there's a different side. And I don't know if I would call it legalism. I might disagree with you there a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand what you're trying to say, but... But I would I would call it almost an arrogance. Sure. That in order for me to find yeah. my self realization, I have to leave this behind because I'm further along in the journey. Sure. Than you are. Sure. And, Which and is what I would call you're a le- in your small, That's what I'm calling legalism. Yeah, I'm calling that yeah. a legalism because anytime we adopt an arrogance, what we're adopting really is a set of rules that dismiss someone else's set of rules. Yeah. You know. And that seems to be kind of the call these days is like. You need to leave those small-minded people that you were in their church mm-hmm. and they, they hurt you. You need to leave all that behind and chart your own course. And um, sure. uh, what's amazing is, you know, um, so many of those people you're leaving behind have walked in the faith through much deeper and darker things than maybe sure they you have. ever have. Sure they have. They, they've, they've fought through some things mm-hmm. when they could have given up on faith and... and uh, they could have walked away from Christ and they chose sure. to hold on. And so, well, so there's definitely some value in that. Yeah, and I would say that a lot of our, uh, a lot of the beliefs that we ascribe to others are assumed. I mean, we've just ascribed them to them because many, yeah. many of us just assume uh, if you have a conservative voter that they also ascribe to a whole other set of beliefs that you may not have had a right. conversation about. You know, um, yeah. the 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 real work is done in relationship. Um, so getting you know getting an army together to march on something is not the way it's ever supposed to be done. We're not supposed to get an army together and go march. Uh, we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
And if you're having a hard time with your neighbor, well, you should be loving your neighbor as yourself and not trying to get me and all of my militia to come over and hate your neighbor with you. (laughs) We're supposed to each be loving our neighbor. There's this this individual responsibility to have the conversations, to build the relationships um, that that teach, you know, because... Uh, we're, we're not going to succeed by cre- all we do when we create militias is we cause the other side to have to create a militia. And then we've created dichotomies that then have to clash uh, just because of the nature of the system that we've, that we've built. And so we have to be very careful that we're not, uh, we're not waging war all the time. Yeah. Um, Richard Rohr always says the best critique of, of something is just to do it better <laughs> not not like yeah like live differently mm-hmm. it, but it's so much easier and i can say this as a person who's lived this sure like i would say my 20s and 30s um were there was so much deconstruction going on but i got to the point and i think this is where we all have to get to the point of if you just continually tear things apart you're not building anything. And no. at some point, like you said, you have to build something and that is in loving your neighbor as yourself. Sure. And, and so that's a much harder endeavor. Anybody who's ever torn down a building knows demo goes really fast. <laughs> yes, it does. Like you can yeah. demo something in minutes and then it'll take you months to rebuild. Sure. You know, uh, somebody once asked me, they said, how come, well, I think it was a teen in my youth group. They said, how come it's so easy for uh, Darth Maul and Darth Vader and, Dar- you know, all these these Siths. Darth Plagueis, Darth, the, wise. the Wise. To tear everything up. But it's so hard for, for Yoda to catch it, to right. rebuild it, you know. And the truth is is that there's something in that story. And there's in every story that we tell, it's always harder for the good guys than it is for the bad guys. Because the bad guys came to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Right, but, yeah. But building something takes time. You know, and it's better. Yeah, and it takes patience. Yeah. It's better and if it takes, we in, involve someone else in the process. Yeah. And, and loving your neighbor means dealing with times that they just drive you insane. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yet you're willing to forgive or you drive them insane, God forbid. Oh, yeah. Happen, you know, know? I, mean, like, I might be annoying. In my arrogance, might can, I, be. can I accept the fact that I you might You called be. me fat. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. it was the best thing for me. <laughs> I was I don't 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 ascribe or give a credit to me uh, too much. Oh, I'm giving was, you credit. I was probably just being hateful. Oh, uh, I know, and I'm <laughs> I'm the worst about that. I'm the absolute worst. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I guess in my life right now, what I'm what I want to do is I want to get away from all the uh, polarizing things, and I want to get to where. Um, I can say to people, I love you, even in the mess. And I'm still, you know, I'm still a long ways from that. But I think when we talk about church and we talk about people leaving church, um, I would say, you know, about 80% of the time, and I just made that number up, but the best thing for you to do would be to, to stick with it, to struggle through the mess. Um, obviously if there's any kind of like abuse or something kind of crazy going on in, in the church, that would be a reason to actually leave or, you know, some kind of thing that is not of Christ at all. 
Sure. But for most churches, the things that people get upset and leave about are things that they're really just, you know, misunderstandings that snowball. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a pastor, what I'm learning to hopefully do is is to love those people, even if they're mad at me and, and hope that that love will bring them back around to to where we can have relationship. Um, I haven't always been very good at that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we're not we're not asking uh, people to ignore evil or oh, wickedness no. at all. You know, it's it's meant to be exposed, or it's 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 our responsibility to expose evil. But it's it's also our our responsibility to clear up misunderstanding um, and to yeah to work hard at relationship. Uh, it really is. The responsibility of of every human being to work hard at relationship. Um, what if what if we fought for community, and what if there was a place where you could go, and you could know that even though you disagree with people, they're still going to do everything they can to love you. Sometimes regardless. you want to go where everybody knows your name. Bum, yeah. Bum, bum. Are you suggesting that we help out help that along with a little liquor? Um, <laughs> you Just know, kidding. I, I don't, That's a whole nother podcast. That is a whole nother day. podcast. <laughs> no. But yeah, it is amazing how sometimes other spaces like a bar, like Cheers. I mean, I know that's just a show, but like places can become places where community forms. Well, it speaks to um, our hunger for those things. It speaks yeah. to our hunger for for doing life together. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is right now in our culture, like everybody hungers for community, but we're also, because of all of our technology and distractedness, we're, we're probably worse than any generation at actually forming communities. <laughs> and so community, that's the name of my church, right? But we're still trying to figure out what it means to be a community. Sure. I mean, if we're all honest. Yeah, because, because we can just leave and we can just choose to do other and we can just busy ourselves with other things. Uh, but there is, I, I just believe there's so much value in Christian community. Uh, that's what we talked about this week was the fellowship and and just the idea of, of being united in something bigger than yourself in Christ. Um, being brothers and sisters and having family members you never even uh, knew you had, but ones that you've chosen to be with because you believe in the same Jesus and you trust the same Christ. Sure. You know? This Sunday I asked, um, I and within the context of the sermon, I said, uh, some of you, uh, I'm giving you a heads up next year, next week, uh, next Sunday, some of you are going to testify. Some of you are going to give uh, glory to God uh, for what he's up to in your life, how he's brought you to the place that you're in. And, um, and I don't know who you are, but I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit's going to lay it on somebody's heart to share with us next week about what God is up to in your life. And before I got out of the sanctuary, before I left the uh uh, it's a gymnasium where we put pipe and drape up, but we'll call it a sanctuary. Um, and as we were leaving, uh, I had two separate events of, of people stopping me um, to say, Pastor, I feel like the Holy Spirit's laid it on my heart to share something next week. And I have, you know, they're going to call me this week and we're going to talk about what, what God's doing. and what That's uh, awesome. And both of, yeah. both of those people were 74-year-old men. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. 
the, usually the last people in any congregation to be willing to give their testimony is, yeah, the, that's pretty is, is the older men. It's just, yeah. you know, and so I went, okay. So I have two older men going to share on Sunday. Um, and I'm hoping that more will want to share. But uh, I think that testimony of the value of the community of faith in their lives and what it's meant to them I think that's essential. I think if I don't, I don't think we're doing our job as Christian people if we're not saying to one another, "I see Christ in you," and uh, I want to encourage you in this area. I don't. I think that's right. part of our. Yeah. That's part of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm, I'd be interested to hear those things. Um, I with this Sunday we are going to uh, kind of focus on mental health. And uh, we're talking about the table on Sunday morning, but uh, we're on Sunday night. We're having a mental health in the church discussion with uh, a lady who's a Christian counselor who's also has been a pastor's wife for many years, and so uh, it'll be an interesting deal. And uh, one of our officers from the local police force, he does he works with all the mental health of the police officers in our town. Oh yeah, and he's so he's gonna talk a little on Sunday morning and. We're hoping to have therapy dogs Sunday morning too, but we keep running into some snags. So right now I don't know that we have one for sure, I mm-hmm. think. So <laughs> hoping to have a few others. So yeah. it's going to be, which I think is something that's, you know, when you talk about community and, you know, making space for people, even when, uh, when, when they may feel like it's a hard place to be for them, you know? Sure. Um, sure. So making allowances. So I, I hope that yeah. goes really well and I can tell you about it later, but man, it's been great to talk to it's you. Good to talk to then, you. Um, I, I look forward to seeing you and talking to you again soon. So love you, man. And I'll uh, talk to you next week. Hopefully. Love you. Take care. All right. See ya. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.